Uh, today we got Coach Sheffer on. Uh, coach Sheffer is the offensive line coach at Brentsville District High School in Virginia. Uh, but Coach is probably more and well known and becoming slowly famous uh, for his armchair coaching podcast, which you can find all over his uh, Twitter, uh, some links in my YouTube, and some other spots. Coach, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you, Coach? I'm doing good. You know I got to upsell your podcast a little bit. Like, you got a brand new logo. You're looking fresh. Like, Yeah, we've got some exciting stuff coming up. Um, the guy, Coach Heath, he's the guy who does a lot of our editing. He came up with the logo. Um, and he's been doing a lot of really cool stuff with video editing. And we're looking into doing some... Uh, you know, kind of like unique intros and stuff like that. So it's got some pretty cool stuff coming on. Yeah, I mean, I had, I had him, his, his, his video actually appeared before yours. I talked to him the other day and um, yeah, we talked a lot about branding and kind of how that looked. And I, I gave him a lot of comments on what he did for a year because I saw part of the Rigaldo interview and I, I, that the appealing wise, that looked fantastic. It makes mine look just boring and shabby. So I thought it was great there. But I, like, I want to get first in because I mean, I, I think you're fairly – you've got de- – you've developed a pretty good Twitter following and social media outlook. And I remember me and you communicated back when you started on YouTube, back when you did the um, – what I learned from being a freshman coach videos. And then for some reason you went into beard videos, and that's a whole other conversation. And But, I mean, you've done a very good job at promoting yourself and promoting what you're doing. But why did you want to start a coaching podcast? Well, recently, especially during COVID, um, but maybe a little bit before, I've been really diving deep into podcasts. Um, I've really started to think that they are probably the best form of getting information out there uh, because I've done the whole blogging thing. I've done the whole YouTube thing, and I don't like sitting there staring at my face for too long (laughs) on YouTube. Uh, And then blogging, it takes a long time to write. And people really don't read that often anymore. And so a lot of the ideas I had I had for the podcast, I was thinking it would take me forever to write these down and no one's going to read them. So why not start a podcast? Um, and the idea behind the armchair coaching podcast was mainly I was walking the dog one day and I was just talking to myself like I really miss those meetings that you have after practice in the coach's office, you know, the ones where I don't know what you uh, think about, you know, cursing, but you know, you just shoot the (laughs) shit around with the other coaches. Um, You know, I'm just like, you know, cause like all of us, we all talk about college football. We all talk about NFL and why we think the Washington football team is bad or why um, Virginia tech never wins the ACC anymore. And, you know, other things like that. And, but we're, it's all coming from what we called a non expert opinion because we're not Kirk Herbstreet. <laughs> and so, <laughs> well, don't get me started really on Kirk Herbstreet. Do not get me started. There. I mean, I like Kirk Herbstreet, but I, I can't, the, the amount of times I hear the word RPO <laughs> on uh, national television when I'm watching and clearly it's oh, a yeah. uh, play action pass that I don't know. It's well, just, and they have so much influence over people and fans and how the fans think. And a lot of the times us coaches are like, man, that's not at all what that coach was doing when they were trying to run that play. And it's just coming from a different point of view. 
that was the idea I had for the podcast. And I think it's worked pretty well. We've done a couple, you, you yeah. were on the first episode. Thank you for that. No problem. And um, you've been a regular contributor and we've been, we've been chugging along with those uh, yeah. program profiles. And uh, now I've, we've started to expand it a little bit and do more of like one-on-one interviews with coaches and kind of like what you do with your YouTube channel. Um, just trying to, you know, what I always say is I'm trying to make connections uh, trying to expand the coaching community, get ideas out there. So, well, that, that, I mean, that was the biggest point behind mine. Like, I, I I loved working for Nate, and I had I had a good relationship with Nate. But at the same time, I kind of wanted to do my own thing and build more relationships than that allowed me to do at the time. And um, I've been very fortunate, and I've had a lot of good people on this channel. And um, like I said, I, I I I can't thank coaches enough for willing to come on you included, but I mean, everybody I've had on, uh, but I kind of wanted to, I, you made a point there and it, it kind of eats at me. What, what I don't understand going back to the Kirk Herb streets and the Chris Collins worse. And I know they're football smart. Like that, that's what bothers me because Kirk Herb street has done this for a long time. He played college football at Ohio state. Like he's not dumb by any means, extremely intelligent. Chris Collinsworth played for the Bengals played in the league 10 years. Like the man is educated. That been a college combinator for I since my whole life essentially, so I don't I like to me it almost has to be directive of like the broadcast networks to not get too deep into it for the common person because there's no way just to me you can't like there's too many well educated people like especially when you start getting some of these coaches or guys who played ten plus years it just doesn't it doesn't connect with me and I don't get it. Yeah, and um, recently, I thought it was kind of funny when uh, Tony Romo came out and became a uh, a broadcaster because I had always hated on him as a player because I my wife's uh, their family's Washington football team family and so we always had to hate on the the Cowboys um, and so I always hated on him you know and and then he became a broadcaster. And he instantly became my favorite broadcaster. I don't, you know, the, the, like he has such an insight into the mind of like the coaches and what they're trying to do and the strategy. I think a lot of these broadcasters, the ones who have been out of the game for a long time, they kind of, it's, it's almost like taking a teacher, making them a principal after a few years, they forget what it's like in the classroom. But I, I want to also hit on another thing because, I mean, you, like I said, you've been a freshman coach. You've been a varsity assistant, a JV assistant, if I'm correct. Um, you did what linebackers last year, and now you're back to the offensive line. So kind of – and I know that's kind of where your home is. You love offensive line. That's kind of your your baby. Um, but from that process to get from freshman coach to varsity offensive line coach, what did you learn along the way that you think makes you a better offensive line coach? And kind of, how, what is your, I'll use the word feeling, or excitement to be back on the offensive line? Well, you uh, you might have to sit there for a little while. That's I mean, um, so a little background. The, the year that I became the head coach of the freshman team at the school that I was at before uh, Brentsville, I had only coached one season before that because I was fresh out of grad school um, and had just got a teaching job. And I was teaching at one school, coaching at another. 
that year. And so I really didn't get a whole lot of interaction with the kids, um, which was kind of a detriment, but I went into the head coach, the head freshman coach job thinking, Oh, I know everything. I, I can coach these kids. You know, they're freshmen. They like football. You know, we'll, we'll be good. They all play Madden. Right. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what was going through my mind. Right. And so I went in assuming, I assumed that all these kids knew, knew and understand the rules of football. I assumed that teaching them the game of football was going to be easy. And I assumed that I knew how to teach the game of football because I had played it and I had coached for a year. Um, long story short, we went 0-8 that season. Uh, and the first few games, we got beat pretty badly. Um, and I learned a few lessons along the way and a couple of lessons I learned after that season. But the biggest lessons I learned, um, number one, you got to stick to your guns on offense or defense, whatever your scheme is. Don't try to change it midweek <laughs> or uh, midseason. We did that a couple times. It was, it was me and a couple other young coaches who really didn't have much experience as a coach. And so we w- at first, I wanted to be spread. I wanted to do uh, whatever, like Ohio, at that time, it was whatever Ohio State was doing. That was the right thing to do on offense, right? And the, the varsity coach was a spread guy. Unfortunately, the spread did not work well for the varsity. And for us, the big thing was the shotgun snap was trouble for us. And it was 50% was on the ground, 30% was up in the air. We never could get it. Um, And so we tried to change offenses. We tried to like go more under center. That didn't work for us either. We tried to do uh, the next big thing was try to go like pistol and do like triple option. Yeah, try to try to coach a game with one week of triple option practice. Um, not a great idea. Uh, eventually, the next lesson I learned, and I just did a video for Coach Salas on his channel um, about my philosophy about the KISS philosophy to keep it simple, stupid, keeping things simple for the kids because I went in thinking that the kids had a high football IQ. They really yeah. don't. Um, and so you can't just come in there with a, a Madden style offense and like have a million different things going on. So you gotta, we, we simplified, we stuck with one offense, we got better at it. Um, and towards the end of the year, we were, we were in the games, we were close and we got better on offense. Defense was another issue. Um, so those are the rule, the things that I, I, uh, learned along the way as a freshman coach, um, I also learned that relationships were key. That was one of the things that I learned through that. Um, Even though we lost, we still had pretty good relationships with the kids. And most of those kids went on to play varsity. And a couple of them, even though we lost every game that season, a couple of them got some uh, scholarships, which is pretty nice recently. But then I moved to, uh, I had to take a year off because of family issues. I transferred to another school that was closer to home and when I first got there, the head coach didn't have an off an offense opening because that was that was what I was. I was an offensive guy, right? He didn't have an offense offensive opening, but he had a linebackers coach opening, and so he put me up on the board, put a couple uh, offensive formations on the board, and was like, "Okay, how would you align to these formations?" I don't remember what I drew up, but I probably made a fool of myself. <laughs> uh, I had no idea what I was doing defensively which is the next thing I learned. If you're an offensive coach and you've never coached the defensive side of the ball, 
you really should do it. It, it will be to your benefit because I spent two and a half years working as I wasn't titled an assistant defensive coordinator, but he was training me to become the next defensive coordinator. And so I learned what, how, what, how a defensive coordinator thinks, how they prepare, where the weaknesses are in each defense. So where's the weaknesses in a three, five, three, where's the weaknesses in a four, three, um, what the offense should attack, what each defense is willing to give up. Um, you know, how a defensive coordinator will change things up based on what you're doing on offense. And for me as an offensive line coach, learning the difference between the fronts. So learning what a, a five, three versus a, uh, 33 stack versus a four, three defense, like learning where they're lined up and how they work. That's been, uh, incredibly helpful. And so I think I will actually, my dream is to become an offensive coordinator. And I think my training to quote, become a defensive coordinator will actually make me a better offensive coordinator in the future. Um, whenever that, if that opportunity ever does show up, I do have, uh, some ideas on what offense, what system I would use. Um, you know, if you have other questions for me, you might want to ask me those before I go into offense too much. Oh, no, no, hey, we, we, we've talked a little bit about that. And uh, before I continue, though, um, I will also put his link to Coach Salas's video below. Coach Salas is a good dude for anybody who hasn't checked out his YouTube channel as well. I love Coach Salas. He's a very good dude. Um, but we've talked before about your love for the shotgun wing tee. And, I mean, I've, I've given some hints on the upcoming wing tee project that I have. Um on your podcast, that is that will be actually probably by the time this comes out, um, that'll probably be officially announced. Me and my buddy are locking some things down, kind of a hint hint for anybody. Um, I've gotten been doing a lot of artwork lately, um, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I know you love the shotgun wing tee, and um, like why? And like I said, I know we gotta kind of hurry a little bit because Coach Ben's kind of on his way. We probably got about ten more minutes. Um, <laughs> Maybe, um, but wh- why the shotgun wing tee? What what is your love for? Is it because of the simplicity of the rules, uh, the multiplicity you can have out of it? Do you just really like shotgun buck sweep? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, well, there's a lot to it. Um, when I was in high school, the high school that I went to, we ran a the old school Delaware wing tee system, and we were darn good at it. Every year that I was on varsity, we won at least 10 games um, and came. The only reason we didn't win regions and all that was because we had uh, Harrisonburg High School was our big rival and they were like another division ahead of us. And we just never had the talent to quite match with the, match up with them. But I fell in love with the wing tee at a young age. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, a lot of these coaches on Twitter, they say, oh, those kids aren't going to play for you in that system. I, I didn't know what offensive system my high school ran when I was going to high school. I just knew I wanted to play football. I didn't give a crap. Uh, And so that's the way I come about it. Most of these kids don't care either. Um, A lot of people on Twitter want to say they do so that they can rep the air raid. But, um, and and that's nothing wrong with the air raid, which is I'll talk about here in a moment. (laughs) But, um, you know, like, I think it's a little more difficult to run the old school under center wing tee now because it's been around for so long that more defenses 
have a knack for stopping it than they have in the past. And um, unfortunately, I don't like saying this, but a lot of times when you are a coach, you do kind of have to recruit your own kids a little bit, uh, especially the parents and the fans and to get that support. And so you kind of have to fool the fools a little bit. And so all I would tell them is, Hey, we're going to run what Auburn runs. We're going to run an Auburn offense. There's a cheap way out of that conversation. That is such the cheap way to get out of that conversation. But, but they don't know any better, you know, as a, as a regular fan or a parent who thinks they know football when they really don't. And so you, you're still, you're still running the wing T offense just out of a shotgun. And yeah, you lose a little bit of the, uh, the misdirection piece, but you can modernize it a little bit. And what I really like, and this, I fell in love with it. What I really like about some uh, coach Kenny Simpson and he, his offensive system. He's a good dude too. Like, yeah. He, so the offense that he runs is very similar to what I would run with the, uh, the, the base formation would be a tight end and a wing to the right, the back offset to the left, and then two receivers off to the left, the weak side, but you can like fiddle around with it based on your personnel. And, and that's what I like about the shotgun wing T it's you based on your personnel, you can, be a completely different formation next year than you were last year, but still run the same kind of stuff. The thing I like about the shotgun wing tee is what you lose with the misdirection. Now you can add RPOs. And I know a lot of wing tee guys are going to be out there like, what is this guy talking? He's saying wing tee and RPOs. Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> and some of those things that coach Simpson's been doing and some of the things that I've been drawing up on a uh, pen and paper, look pretty disgusting um did you see that he like simply ran like a single wing set what was it like last week that, that counter on that that was sick that was mm-hmm. just abusive what i what i watched on on his uh facebook yeah and uh so he still runs the old school counter crisscross oh. the double handoff and i would do that too um you know and as an offensive line coach what i would do with the wing t is i would only run like four different offensive plays up on, on the line. Like the offensive line only knows like four plays. They'll know like a buck sweep counter ISO and that's belly. I don't Let's know, just get that sweep. correct. Belly. Make sure you say well, that belly, correctly. Right. <laughs> belly. Um, uh, and maybe power power might be another. So gap schemes. Um, I'm not a huge fan of mixing zone and gap schemes I because I, I like zone schemes. I love inside and outside zone but they take so long to get good at. And it takes a lot of practice that how are you going to get good at that and then still run gap schemes? You know, there's, I, a, there's NFL teams that struggle to run both. Like the, my, my only problem with the shotgun wing T, cause we, we are a wing T system and we get in the shotgun a little bit. My problem is trap doesn't hit the same. And when I started coaching, I hated trap. I, I, I really did. And then that's because I was an idiot and didn't understand trap. As I've gotten older, I don't care what the down the yardage is. Trap can pop whenever. That's just as just a fact. I mean, you should hear me at our at our JV games because our, our our JV head coach in OC, who's much smarter than I am, has coached for over thirty years, extremely intelligent. You should hear how many times during the JV games if I'm there, I'm saying just run trap here. 
It's like, you just try the throw. It may or may not have worked. But it's just, just run trap. Just run. It, yeah. It's fine. And I'm the receiver's coach. Like, <laughs> you should you should hear me during our varsity games. I'm just like, trap, trap. Because, one, we have a good fullback. Two, it literally can pop whenever. Trap is the best third and eight play in football. I don't care what anybody tells me. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. And and you're right. I think if we if you go to the shotgun system – you can technically run trap, it but it, it doesn't work as well. Like you just said, I would probably just not run it, to be honest. Um, and focus more on, because because what Coach Simpson does, and these are things I plan on stealing, and I hope I'm not giving away too much from <laughs> his systems. Um, he, he says his favorite thing is to say is, I'm going to get as much bang for my buck as I possibly can. And he has like a hundred different tags off of just the buck sweep. Yeah. The offensive line runs the same thing every dang play, but it could be a quarterback read. It could be an RPO. It could be a pre-snap RPO. It could be buck sweep being run one way, but you're actually running. It, it, it could be completely yeah. different things. Um, and so, yeah, you lose trap, which sucks because trap's one of my favorite plays too. It, I was an offensive guard in high school. <laughs> I loved trap. I loved trap. It was my it was my chance to knock the crap out of somebody. Well, well my, my, was, my hatred for trap co- co- goes really goes back to my sophomore year. Our starting fullback from the year before um, moved to guard for his senior year, and this boy was probably six two two fifty off the top of my head, and two plays in a row, I got the trap out of my soul like because you're I'm a dumb sophomore who has no idea what's going on I go and block the first one just get leveled oh next play same as that thing I at least go smart enough to at least get my head around and at least try to forearm shiver it did not work whatsoever because I was about 150 pounds at the time uh, maybe 160 so that but yeah that's probably why deep down I hated trap because I just got murdered two plays in a row which again that was just abusive by our offensive coordinator at the time. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just – that's my hindrance. It just – trap needs to hit at a certain speed to be efficient. And if you're going to run out of the gun, you pretty much need to run, like, wide, tra- wide trap, which is of trying to trap the end. That's the only way that – and it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't hit same. And at, at that point, you might as well just run GT counter. And- yeah be done with it because that's the same thing and i didn't even get to the passing game portion of what i've been drawing up i mean it's 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 shotgun wing t with a air raid based off uh passing offense and you know some of it yeah some of it yeah it's play action but then i would still run my favorite play my favorite air raid uh passing concept is shallow cross okay so i'd still have shallow cross i'd have snag stick um, obviously you got to have four verts. Um, snag is such an underrated concept in that system too. Like I was reading about it, like I was reading more into it. What was it like week, week and a half ago? And it like, it's just, it's just abusive on what you can do with that. One of my favorite plays that I've drawn up so far, it's, it's technically snag. It's, um, so you line up in the basic, in the basic, uh, offensive formation, tight end and wing on one side, uh, two receivers on the opposite side with the, the tailback on the receiver side. And you motion the tailback out of the backfield in like a flare route. I call it flare. Yeah, I don't, I don't get know what, you what mean. the air raids call it. Um, 
And so you have the option, if you have the numbers, the quarterback can turn and just toss it to the the running back. And yeah. it ends up being almost like rocket toss, just you're throwing it. Um, so you still get your rocket toss in there for your wing T guys. Um, but on the opposite side, if he doesn't like the numbers, we're running buck sweep up on, on the regular, on the front side, the quarterback can just run buck sweep. Yeah. So it like, depending on the type of quarterback you have, I think it would be, it's a great offense. Like it doesn't, you don't have to have a dual threat quarterback to run it. You don't have to have a passing kid. You don't have to have, like, it could be any type of kid. I think the biggest challenge to this offense would be finding a tight end yeah. because not every team has a tight end. No, but I, I think from my experience of doing this 10 years, you can manufacture tight ends. Now you might have to sub some kids out for receiving purposes, but I've, I've, I've gone to the games with kids that probably should not be on the field at tight end and they'd be fine. Cause some of them use at a certain point, especially in this offense, if they can at least down block and reach, you're fine. You might not have that receiving threat, but okay, you, you lose out on Waggle, which sucks. But let's be honest, if you're running probably air raid concepts with it, he's probably the third or fourth read most of the time, anyways. So right. if he can long down block or reach, you're good. Um, is there anything else I want to hit before we go? Probably not. I mean, I, I thought this was fun. Um, Coach, thanks for coming on for talking. Um, coaches, if you want to get a hold of Coach, his Twitter will be below. Uh, his video for Coach Salas will be below. Um, I'll have a link to his YouTube channel as well. Um, I'll try to put a link to his all of his podcasts. Through the, I think you do it through the Anchor app, correct, Coach? Yes. Um, the Anchor yep. app. Um, and I'm probably forgetting something, too. Um and again, also again, check out his video with Coach Salas. Again, Coach Salas does some great things as well. Check out his podcast. I also have linked to all the podcasts for Coach that I've been on on my Google Doc on my Twitter page. So make sure you check those out. Uh, Coach, thank you again, and um, look forward to talking some Ole Miss football here in a minute. All right, thank you for having me on.